They did it. And for the sixth time in Los Angeles, seventh time if you count 1955 in Brooklyn, but the Dodgers have won Major League Baseball's World Series, causing many to sing I Love L.A. For the first time since 1988, the Los Angeles Lakers and the L.A. Dodgers are both champions. The Dodgers put the finishing touches on their title run Tuesday with a home run in the eighth inning, beating the Rays 3-1 in the final game of the season. In fact, it's the first time ever that the Lakers and Dodgers have won the title in the same month. What a year to be an Angelino. First, the death of Kobe Bryant in February. Then the pandemic. And now, two more championship banners. It's been a long year, but the return of sports brought a little normalcy. Don't get fooled, though. This is not our home. We're aliens, exiles, waiting patiently for Christ's return. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Pray for Keeps. What do we do in desperate times? Some people get mad. Others get afraid. But when there seems to be no place to go, many turn to prayer, even if they're not sure God is listening. That is what happened to Jimmy Stewart's character in It's a Wonderful Life. Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope, right? I know it's not quite Christmas yet, but that scene from It's a Wonderful Life is relevant no matter what time of year it is. It's a moment that perfectly captures the desperation we feel every now and then. George Bailey was praying for keeps. It was all that there was left to do to try and save his family's business. That's the only thing that drives us to prayer sometimes. We're desperate to know that God hears us, and we long to see him answer powerfully. We have that in common with Daniel. From what we see in the narrative portions of his book, Daniel was probably more faithful in prayer than most of us are. But he knew what it felt like to long for an answer. That's why he prayed for keeps. All week, we've been looking at the prayer life of Daniel, We're going to do the same thing today as we look to Daniel 9 and hear the prophet pleading with the Lord to hear his prayers. It's an important reminder, even as we are in desperate times ourselves. So, don't go away. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of the first season of The Chosen TV show. It's a double DVD, including all eight episodes, plus some bonus videos, and I'm thankful for friends like Diane in Virginia, who gave a generous gift to support the ministry. Diane, I know you and your family are going to be blessed by this unique look at the life of Jesus as told from the point of view of the men and women who he called as his own. There's never been anything quite like it. Why don't you call us after the program if you haven't already? And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 865 Haven. 
or come to our website. Visit us there. Watch some of the excerpts from The Chosen. And our web address is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now, it's time to get the program started. And we open with Jared Anderson. Lord, hear our cry. Come heal our
from heaven, Jared Anderson here on A Haven Today called Pray for Keeps. I'm Charles Morris. I hope your heart has been challenged and blessed like mine has as we've looked at the Old Testament book of Daniel together. Well, now let's turn back again like we did yesterday to Daniel 9, and we'll pick it up from where we left off. You'll remember that Daniel had been confessing his powerlessness and his sins before God. You'll hear more of that in the verses I'm about to share. But more than that, I want us to listen carefully for this longing that Daniel had. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem, just as it is written in the law of Moses. All this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, For the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, and this is Daniel, praying now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, Turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. That's Daniel 9, verses 11 through 19. Hear the longing in Daniel's voice? O Lord, listen! Exclamation mark. O Lord, forgive! O Lord, hear and act! This prophet of God had experienced blessing in Babylon, sure, but he had seen the horrors of the exile and the ways their godless captors had put them to the test. Now, you and I aren't in exile in the same way that Daniel was today. But we are exiles, in a sense. That's how Peter puts it in his New Testament letter. We're strangers in this life. We know what it's like to be surrounded by godless people and by events that leave us baffled. What could God possibly be up to when so much turmoil is going on? But instead of looking for answers in online forums or Facebook posts, let's get back to the basics, to Scripture and prayer. That's how Daniel knew God would answer him, and that's how we can know it as well. In this prayer that I just shared recorded in Daniel 9, the prophet shows us where our confidence comes from. God will answer 
because of what he's done and why he's done it. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called Pray for Keeps on Haven Today. Now, before we look at these two points, I want to remind you about the 30 ways to pray for people in authority. It's a prayer card we have for your gift to the ministry, a gift of any amount. It fits in your Bible, and it's filled front and back with 30 prayer prompts and many more verses from the Bible that will help you pray for your country and your leaders. You just need to call us after the program and read more about 30 ways to pray for people in authority, a prayer card, or go to our website, and I'll give you both the phone number and the website later in the program. When you reach out to us, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Now, back to Daniel 9. We just read that God will answer because of what he has done and why he's done it. What has God done? What might happen if you began your prayers by asking that question? You'd probably end up saying something like what we read in verse 15, where Daniel said, Now, O Lord our God, who brought our people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, how can you know that God will answer? By remembering the ways God has already answered in this passage. Daniel was looking forward to the day when the Lord would deliver his people from captivity. His strategy was to remember that God has already done it. He saved them in the exodus out of Egypt. The Lord's people cried out to him, and he heard their cries and delivered them. He's done it before, and he'll do it again. It's a time we get on our knees and in prayer remember what God has done. Imagine how your confidence will grow by thanking and adoring your great God for delivering you. You were dead in your sins, flat out dead. The Father called you out of the pit. The Son stood in your place, taking that death penalty for you. And the Spirit breathed new life into you. You're a new person, created new in Christ Jesus our Lord. You've been delivered. Now, that's the worst possible situation you could ever be in. And God was faithful to rescue you out of it. How easily is it for God to protect his people through pandemics and recessions, political turmoil, and uncertain elections? Let's pray for keeps like Daniel. O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the slavery of our sin, hear the prayers and petitions of your servants. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Daniel pinpoints another reason why we ought to be confident that the Lord will answer. Again, it's in verse 15 where he says, O Lord our God, who made for yourself a name that endures to this day. It's not only about what God has done, it's about why he's done it. And Daniel gives us the shocking answer. He's done it for the sake of his great name. And the verse is clear. God delivered his people from Egypt, and in doing so, he made a name for himself. He exalted his own reputation. He magnified his own glory. Daniel was not making this up. In Exodus 9:16, Yahweh, the Lord of all the earth, spoke to Pharaoh. Remember what he told Pharaoh? I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In other words, the Israelites had nothing to worry about. 
God is jealous for his own glory. It is his will that his name be great throughout the entire earth. If he says he's going to do something, he'll certainly do it. In fact, he must. God will not dishonor his own name. Your confidence is in nothing less than God's very name. He's staking his reputation on your deliverance. We don't pray for keeps by working ourselves into a frenzy. We don't do it to put another spiritual notch in our belts. We don't even do it because our requests are good. We pray, and we do it with confidence, because God's name will be exalted. Listen to the way Daniel ends his prayer. He was longing deeply to return to the promised land, and he knew there was nothing in him or his people that he could be confident about. So he prayed, Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. For your sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. So it's not about us. It's not about you or me. It's not even about our prayer requests. It's about the Lord, and it's all about Jesus. That's the name to whom every knee will bow and tongue confess. It is in his name alone that we are delivered, and he will be exalted. He must be. It's why Christ died and was raised. It's why he ascended to heaven. It's why he promised to return to make all things new, all so that his name would be exalted. If Jesus is so highly exalted... We have every reason to get down low in humility. The world is chaotic. It's so hard to concentrate and bring everything to the Lord in prayer. So let's follow in Daniel's footsteps. Let's focus our hearts and minds on what God has done and why he's done it. That's where our confidence lies. And that's what will fuel godly prayers for ourselves and our families, our churches, our cities, our countries and our leaders. Don't look to anything less than Christ himself. Look up at this exalted one and then go low in prayer. Let's take a moment right now to pray like Daniel. Lord, I was taught as a child in Sunday school to dare to be great like Daniel. Well, I don't think he was so great but he knew he needed to get on his knees three times a day and face Jerusalem and pray to make his requests known to you. Do not just confess his sins, but the sin of his people and to pray for deliverance, just as you delivered your people from Egypt and he was praying while in exile in ancient Babylon. Lord, may we learn from the life of Daniel. May we humble ourselves by going low, on our knees, crying out to you, pleading for your ears to hear our prayers, pleading for your eyes to see our needs that we have today, and shower on us the mercy that can only come from you. We pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We turn our face to you with desperate pleas for mercy.
with fasting and with prayer, in sackcloth and ashes, to you, O Lord our God, we raise an ardent prayer and come to you to make our confession. Our great and awesome God, you've kept your covenant and steadfast love.
based on a prayer from Daniel 9. Yes, the very chapter that we turn to again today. That's Yazan Amari and Ember's Worship with an independent song produced just outside of Chicago. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today and a program called Pray for Keeps. Now, before we go, I want to remind you about the TV show called The Chosen. My wife and I really enjoyed it. I've heard from so many people listening to this program saying the very same thing. There's nothing on TV quite like it. Eight programs in season one on two DVDs following the life of Jesus from the perspective of his disciples, women and men, who he called as his own. Season two is being filmed right now. Why don't you start season one for your gift to Haven Today? You just need to call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch some excerpts and see the significance of this series for your life. And you can visit our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. H-A-V-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y. Haventoday.org. And I mentioned it briefly earlier, but... Let me remind you again, if you need prayer, and I know many of us do, it would be our privilege to lift your needs before our Father in heaven. So when you call us or when you go online, let us know how we can be praying. I'm Charles Morris. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, we will get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Desperate is not exactly a compliment if you're using the word to describe someone, but if you look at the Gospels, the desperate ones were the people who caught the attention of Jesus and consequently These were the ones who most often experienced the power of his personal attention, his compassion and love. Like the blind beggar who sat by the roadside and heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now, he could have cowered there in the gutter, but he'd been there long enough to be desperate. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What about you? Are you desperate enough to call out to him? Jesus didn't come to make whole people better, but broken people whole. Get your Anchor devotional at getanchor.com.